0: May it read us as we read it. Uh, May we hear your Spirit speaking to us. Please bless us for your servants are listening. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, uh, we're going to do some work together this morning on a passage, which if you'd like to follow along, uh, I'm going to read it out loud. uh, But if you'd like to follow it along, uh, and if you do have a Bible with you, it's uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 20, and we're going to be discussing a few things along the way, for which you might like to talk to your neighbor, or if you're in family groups, um, you can work out the answers to my questions, uh, and then then we'll have some discussion along the way. Uh, Second Chronicles uh, chapter um, 20. So, just a bit of introduction, a long time ago... Many years before Jesus was born, there lived a king named Jehoshaphat. And he was a good king. He loved the Lord, the God of Israel, like we do. Jehoshaphat. Does anybody know what that name means? Jehoshaphat. Anyone like to guess what the name might mean? Jehoshaphat. Joseph's really fat? Bruce son of Jehovah, not quite, but close, very close. Jehoshaphat, it means the Lord is judge. Yahweh or Jehovah is judge. Jehoshaphat, the Lord is judge. And Jehoshaphat was the king of a country named uh, Judah. Uh, for those of you who like to stick all these things together, he was the, um, uh, he was the fifth king in the line of King David, the fourth king, uh, uh, king of Judah. And he lived in, so he lived, he was king of Judah, and he lived in a city named Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And this is a story about something that happened during the time that he was king. Here we go. One day, the men of three nearby countries decided to invade Judah, they were the men of Moab, the men of Ammon, and the men of Edom. And so messengers came and announced the news to King Jehoshaphat. A great crowd is coming. A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the Dead Sea, from Aram. And look, they're already at En Gedi. Jehoshaphat was very frightened, and he decided to seek out the Lord so as to find out what to do. And he announced that everyone would come together and fast, have nothing to eat or drink, but instead gather together in Jerusalem in order to seek God's face and pray. And so it was. All the people came together to ask the Lord what to do. Indeed, they came from every town and village. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in front of everyone, together with the people of Judah and Jerusalem, all in God's house, and he prayed, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God of heaven? And you rule over all the kingdoms of the world, and in you are power and might. No one can stand against you. Are you not our God? You were the one who moved the people out of this land so that we could move in. Us, the children of Abraham, the one you love forever. And that's where we live now. And our forefathers built you this temple. And they said, if ever evil comes our way, whether the sword of war or pests or plague, any kind of judgment, then let us come here to this house and stand in God's presence. Because your name is in this house. And we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us, and you will save us. Now, look, Lord, look at what the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir are doing. These are the same countries that you would not let us invade when our forefathers came up out of the land of Egypt. We kept our distance, you told us not to invade, not to destroy. But look, see how they were rewarding us for being nice by being bad to us. They have now come up to drive us out of this land, the land that belongs to you, the land you have given us. Oh God, our God, it's time to judge. It's time for you to take action because there's no power in us that's any good in the face of this great crowd, those coming up against us. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are fixed on you. And all the people of Judah stood in the presence of the Lord. All the men with their families, their wives, and their children, they all prayed. So here's the first question, which you can talk um, about this with your neighbor um, or in family groups, and then we'll compare answers. Why do you think? that Jehoshaphat was so scared. I'll give you about 60 seconds from now. Okay, that's 30 seconds, and that feels like enough time to me. So, hands up if you can answer my question. Why do you think Jehoshaphat was so frightened? Why was he so scared? Who'd like to share an answer? Bruce. Yes, three nations against one. He was being invaded. That's scary. That's a really good answer. Why else might Jehoshaphat have been scared? Because he knew he couldn't win? win? Not by himself, he knew that. I reckon there's another reason why he might have been scared. Anyone like Naomi? He might have thought that God was judging him, that's right. Um well, I reckon another reason why he was scared is that this guy is king. And when you're in charge, people look to you for answers. And maybe all the people were coming up to him and saying, what do we do? And he's got to say, I don't know what we should do. And that's really scary when people are looking to you for answers. What do you mean you don't know? We're looking to you for answers. Maybe we should elect another king who does know what to do. And I think that politicians often do things rashly. Because they haven't even worked it out that they don't know what to do. And they can't look weak and timid in front of the the people. So something needs to be done. This is something. Let's do it. He was scared because an army was coming against him. And he was scared because people were looking to him for answers. And he didn't know what to do. Okay, that's a great discussion. Thank you. Um, What did he decide to do? This is a simple comprehensive question you might remember what did he decide to do pray everybody got that that's great okay now here i'm going to vote in this quick poll survey hands up if you think his prayer was a good prayer well i do that's great I would like you to talk in your groups or to your neighbour for about, uh, I don't know, 30 seconds or so. Why was that a good prayer? What stands out to you about that being a good prayer? On your marks, get set, Go. Okay, let's stop. Hopefully that was a really fruitful discussion. Why was that a good prayer? Now, you might think it was a good prayer because it was long and verbose, and because he used lots of fancy religious language. Uh, But that's not really why it was a good prayer. Hands up if you can tell me one reason, or two reasons, or maybe three reasons why you think that was a good prayer. Deb. It, that's right. It was honest and from the heart. We pour our heart out before the Lord. He loves that. If it's in our heart, he sees it already. Pouring out our heart to God is a really good thing. It's a really good aspect of this prayer. What else? Rob? Start by acknowledging who God is. Yeah, that's a really important thing. When In our prayers, sometimes a really good place is to start by remembering who God is. And in remembering who God is and in beginning a prayer with worship, we remind ourselves that however big our troubles seem, they are tiny compared to the enormous size of God. God is always bigger than our troubles. That's a really important and good part of this prayer. Um, Another thing that's good about this prayer, um, Andrea Yes, absolutely. He knows that God is the solution of his problem. And in actual fact, as Christians, we know that even when God is our problem, God is still the solution to our problem. Um, uh, so he knows that within himself, he can do nothing, really. Any strength, any wisdom will come from God. He's, he's declaring his dependence upon God. Something else. Uh, uh, Tracy. I'm sorry, Tracy. A bit far away for me. Yes, he's 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 reminding God of the promises that God Himself has made. He is, to use a bit of fancy language, rehearsing God's signs and wonders and historical acts on behalf of His people. Aren't you the God who rescued us up out of Egypt? Aren't you the God who's guided us all this way? Isn't this all according to your purpose? Remembering the mighty acts of the Lord. It builds faith. Now, there are some really good answers. I think there are two things about this prayer that also make it special. Uh, When we find ourselves in real difficulty, in real trouble, there are two things, I think, that that can allow us to, to, to pray in a particularly powerful way. Special authority in the heavenly realms. Anyone like to guess what those two things are that make this prayer time a pretty, prayer, pretty, pretty pra- powerful thing? Leanne? Everyone's there. Everyone's there. Corporate prayer. Yeah, now it's fine and wonderful, blessed thing to do, to go into a quiet place all by yourself. Shut the door and pray. And your Heavenly Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. But in a different way, when we gather to pray, that has special power in the heavenly realms didn't jesus say whatever whenever you're together even just two or three i'm there with you and whatever you loose is loosed whatever you bind is bound so uh, corporate prayer very very powerful when we pray together in unity one mind we're all agreeing on this before the lord very powerful something else that makes this prayer really powerful Yes, yep, that's not what I was thinking, but that's actually a really good point. He asks God to judge. Um, And when we say, hey, God, judge, we might think that means, hey, God, punish. It doesn't. It means to take authority over this whole mess. We're not sure how to pray sometimes, but we say, Lord, judge, you work out what's right in your sight and do it. Lord, judge is a really good prayer over Ukraine. This is complex, messy, and difficult. You take authority. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But the other thing I was thinking about when when we really want special power and authority in the heavenly realms, let's pray together and let's fast. Uh, in the Old Testament, if you see the word prayer, the word fast is never far away. Uh, when, 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 when we fast, we know that that that, and Jesus teaches us to fast, we know we have special or authority in the heavenly realms. So great answers, really good prayer for lots and lots of different reasons. Let's keep reading. Verse 14. Then a man named Jehazael, son of Benaya, son of Jeiel, son of Mattaniah, a Levite from the descendants of Asaph, the Spirit of the Lord came right on him, in the, right in the middle of the assembly, and he said, Listen up, everyone. All you from Judah and Jerusalem, and you too, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Not by this great multitude. This battle isn't yours. It's God's battle. Tomorrow, go down to them and look. They will be going up the steep roads towards Ziz, and you'll find them at the end of the valley, just before the desert of Jeruel. But this isn't your fight. Take up your positions. But stand, just stand, standing firm. Wait and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out and face them, and the Lord will be with you. Okay. Um, well, that would have been an encouraging message. Hands up if you think that would have been really encouraging message to receive. Okay. <clears throat> Were there any bits in that message that you wouldn't have liked? Sophia. That's right. Um, That's right. That's the bit I wouldn't have liked. I would have liked if it said, thus says the Lord. This is my battle, says the Lord. I will fight it. You go and hide under your bed until it's all over. (laughs) That would have been much nicer. Uh, But no, sometimes, even when the battle is the Lord's, uh, uh, sometimes uh, um, God wants us to face our enemies, uh, to go out and face them, uh, to be there. And this is going to be important. Um, He wants them to go out and be there. So let's read on. Verse 18, when Jehoshaphat heard this, he bowed down to the ground with his nose touching the floor. And everyone from Judah and all the people who lived in Jerusalem also fell down before the Lord and worshipped him. Then some of the Levites, some of the descendants of the Kohathites, and some of the descendants of the Korahites stood up and started to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with extremely loud voices. So, then... Um, uh, They hear it as good news. They're really glad God is going to save them. What do you think that looked like? Any suggestions? everybody's, Everybody's on the ground. Yeah, and chaotically noisy. Everyone's praising the Lord with extremely loud voices. What do you think that sounded like? Well, why don't we give it a try? I understand, and I can see that everyone here, except for me, is wearing a muffler. But why don't we just try that and see? Why don't we shout "Praise the Lord" as loud as we can? Okay, let's see how that sounds. Ready? One, two, three. Praise the Lord! Okay, that was pretty good, actually. I thought I was going to do that, you know, that British thing where you go, "I can't hear you." Well, well, and no, but no, actually, I, I can hear you, and I think the neighbors could as well. Imagine, imagine hundreds of thousands of people. That, that would have been very awesome. Well, verse 20, the next day they got up very early in the morning, and they set out for the desert of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, all you from Judah and those who live in Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. And you will be victorious. Believe what his prophets have to say, and you will be a success. And then he swapped ideas with the people and he appointed singers to sing to the Lord and to praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out in front of the army. And what they were singing was, Let's all thank the Lord because his love is forever. So uh, let's try that, shall we? Uh, let's all, let, I'm, I'm not sure if I can think of a tune off the top of my... Let's all thank the Lord! It's the, it's the song we just sang. That's great. Well, we can skip that bit. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Verse 22. At the exact time at which they began their shouts of joy and of praise, the Lord set traps for the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, those men coming to attack Judah, he trapped them in their own devices and they were defeated you see they started attacking each other each man his friend and companion until they were all gone until they were all dead destroyed completely wiped out well they've gone out to meet their enemy praising and worshiping god and That is sometimes, sometimes we talk about how singing and praising and worshipping God, like we do here on Sunday morning, sometimes we talk about how that's prophetic, how it announces to the nation the true purpose of humanity, which is to glorify God. But not only is it prophetic, it's also spiritual warfare. Evil spirits, they just find it incredibly frightening, or incredibly embarrassing, or both, but they run and hide. Um, Praising and worshipping God is spiritual warfare and as that happened uh, the men just started the, the enemies they just started attacking each other in actual fact i don't really know what happened um the the description often in the bible the description of of warfare is incredibly brief what i've translated as and they were defeated in hebrew is just one word very brief description but we do know that they kind of, they kind of, was, you know, that infighting brought them down. And that escalated, got out of control, and by the end of it, they'd all killed each other, every last person. And one of the th- great themes in the Bible, one of the things that we read from cover to cover, it's there everywhere, is that evil is self-defeating. Sooner or later, all evil will destroy itself. And very great evil might arise for a season, but when something evil happens in this world, we can know that it won't last forever. Um, Evil is self-defeating. Can anyone think of examples of of evil being self-defeating in the world? Things you've seen. End of Nazi Germany? Germany? Um, Look... You know, I, I, basically you couldn't think of a more ironic end to Adolf Hitler than he shot himself. You just couldn't think of a more ironic ending. He, he, he defeated himself. Uh, at the beginning of the war, he was friends with Joseph Stalin. How did that, how did that turn out for them? No, not, not, not well. E- evil is fundamentally self-defeating. That's something that we can remember also when we are confronted with evil which is bigger than us. We can remember that God is even bigger and that evil, sooner or later, will defeat itself. Verse 24. Now, when the people of Judah came to the watchtower overlooking the desert and turned, expecting to see the great multitude, look, bodies lying on the ground everywhere, everyone dead, no one had escaped. And they found a huge quantity of stuff, things, goods, weapons, clothing, supplies, and precious things. And it was theirs to keep. So they took it, loads and loads of it, so much it took three days to collect it all. And on the fourth day, they assembled together in the valley of blessing. Indeed, let the name of the Lord be blessed. And that's what the valley has been called ever since, the valley of blessing. And here's another lesson that the Bible teaches from cover to cover. It's there everywhere if you look for it. God turns curses into blessings. Can anyone think of an example from the Bible of God turning a curse into a blessing? Joseph, sold as a slave into Egypt, ended up 2IC of pretty much the entire world. Um, Another example, God turning a curse into a blessing. Well, that's just the best example you could possibly (laughs) think of. Jesus on a cross, the Son of God murdered, turned into forgiveness and salvation for the world. That was the plan all along. Another example of a curse turned into blessing. Book of Esther. Somebody tried to wipe the Jews off from the face of the earth. That didn't turn out well for him. But the Jews were better off at the end than they were even at the beginning. As curses come against us in one form or another, as we trust, worship, pray, pray it into God's hands, look to him for solutions, we can trust him to turn curses into uh, blessings. And... And now we get back to Sophia's observation and my observation. I I would have preferred to stay at home, uh, maybe uh, turn telly on or hide under the bed. Uh, What would have happened if they'd done that? Well, um, I think he would have. Um, The army would have, but they wouldn't have gotten the stuff. Um, As Christians, we often proceed through life knowing that if we do the wrong thing, we'll be forgiven. Um, And in our weakness, we don't find the courage to do the right thing. We know we'll be forgiven. And that's right, we'll always be forgiven. We can always count on God for forgiveness. But we just need to remember, when we do that, we forsake the blessings that could be ours if we're obedient. And always the blessings are worthwhile. Um, Sometimes God calls us to do very hard things in his name. Or um, often God calls us to not do the things that people all around us take for granted as as freedoms that they're allowed to do. And we know as God's holy people, we can't do that. Never underestimate the blessings that God has in store for you when you are simply obedient to his word. There are always blessings in obedience. Uh, Nearly at the end of this story, verse 27. Then all the people of Judah and Jerusalem together with King Jehoshaphat, returned to Jerusalem with their heads held high with joy because the Lord had allowed them to rejoice over their enemies. And when they arrived back in Jerusalem, they went to the temple and entered the house of God with harps and with stringed instruments and with trumpets and with ukuleles. Oh, no, sorry, it doesn't say that. (laughs) Praising and thanking God. Well, it does say stringed instruments, doesn't it? There we are. And when all the nations around about heard about this, they were thoroughly shaken. The dread of God fell on them. And so it was that the kingdom of Jehoshaphat had peace and quiet, and no one dared bother them, not from any side. Well, uh, the story ends with more blessings, even more blessings, not just the stuff, not just the party, not just the praise and worship, but actually a lasting peace because the Lord had gone out to fight, uh, uh, to fight for them and to, um, and to save them. Um, now, in concluding, just a concluding thought, when we as Christians turn to the Old Testament and read it devotionally, sometimes I think about connects and disconnects. And so far this morning, we've thought about connects, all of the way in which we are connected to this passage, all of the things that we have in common. What might be Uh, some disconnects, some of the ways in which um, we disconnect from this passage because things are different for us in Jesus and the covenant we have with God through him. What what might be some disconnects? God killed a whole lot of people. people. Yes, and that was one of the reasons why I got um, uh, Stephanie to give us that reading from Ephesians. Our enemies are never flesh and blood. Um, flesh and blood is not our our enemy. We are to love our enemies. That's something that's different uh, between us now and them then. Uh, That doesn't stop us from attacking each other. Oh boy, in the church, have I seen it. It doesn't stop us, but it's always a mistake. Um, Our enemies, it's not our enemies, not human beings. Our enemies are powers and authorities, principalities, Um, And and the authority that we have in Jesus' name is to dismantle their power in prayer, just as Paul uh, just as Paul prayed. So that's a disconnect. We face enemies that make us scared, but but human beings aren't our enemies. Um, We've got other things that worry us, frighten us, make us scared. And just in case any of the kids are worrying uh, uh, or or, sorry uh, thinking, adults get just as scared as kids. Um, So when things that frighten us come against us, sure, we have enemies, but our enemies are not flesh and blood. Um, Another disconnect. Um, Yes, yep, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, um, That's right, the, the, the primary blessing... Um, for obedience is not necessarily financial, um, but, but it is um, spiritual prosperity, um, our growth in our love and knowledge of God um, uh, and lots of other blessings and and actually, I think sometimes you know uh, God does bless us materially abundantly as well um, um, i don 't think God has a trouble with that, but that gives us something to share with others, um, and that 's a blessing too um, <clears throat> Uh, There are two disconnects that I kind of noticed. Sorry, Steph? Yes, absolutely. That was the next thing I was going to (laughs) say. Thank you, Steph. Um, uh, In those days, the Spirit of the Lord uh, came on only a select few. Prophets uh, and, and prophetesses and so on and so forth. We live in an age where the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all of God's people. Uh, boys and girls, men and women, uh, we can all prophesy. We all have the mind of Christ, particularly when we come together. We talk and pray, study the Bible. We all have the Spirit, not just one person in the gathering. Um, and uh, very quickly, uh, a last disconnect of a sorts is that um, he kept on praying to Yahweh, which is put into our Bibles as Lord, all in capital letters. Um, He knew that the Lord was the creator of the heavens and the earth. Since that time, the Lord has been revealed to us fully in the flesh, and we know that Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, We know that Jesus of Nazareth is Yahweh uh, with us. So um, we and Jehoshaphat, we believe in the same Lord. Uh, It's just that we as Christians have seen him uh, fully and finally revealed in Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, well, thank you for joining with me in that exercise. Uh, Father, uh, I do pray for us, Lord, that that which we've learned this morning we would keep, that that which is of your spirit um, would find um, a home in our hearts and that you would prepare us for serving you, um, for loving you, um, and for uh, working together with you in, in this world that you have made um, through the rest of the week. And I pray a blessing on us all in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Is this on? Yes, it is on. Right. (laughs) Sorry. I did spend time getting this ready this morning. Um, We're going to pray um, and as I think Rob alluded to, we're going to spend some time thinking about um, Ukraine and Russia. So I have got a world map here, which I hope most people can see. I'm just going to move it back a bit. There we go. Right. So what um, we sometimes think when things are really, really um, tough, um, really awful things are happening is that when we're down here in Australia, we're a long, long way away from Russia and from Ukraine. Does anyone actually know where Russia and Ukraine is on the map? Do you want to come and show us, Sasha? Can you show us where it is? That's Russia. Yeah, but do you know where Ukraine is? Yeah, it's here. So Russia's massive. Ukraine is not that big. But it's also a really long way away from us. A really long way away from us. And so that can make it feel, make us feel like there's not much that we can actually do to help people who are facing a really awful time. Um, But actually, the truth is um, that we can do the best possible thing, um, and that is to pray to the God that is bigger and stronger and mightier, uh, no matter how far we are away. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to spend some time praying. um, And what we're going to do is, I'm actually going to need some helpers to help distribute, but we're going to pray. Whoops. Thank you. We're going to pray in uh, small groups, so either like you did for your discretions with your partners, you can pray on your own if you want to, or in your family groups. And we've got some post it notes and some texters. So, what would be great is yeah, can you hand out the post it notes? Is if you could write or draw, depending on your age or your desire. Um, your prayers. So, and on the screen is some ideas of pe- uh, things you could pray for. Um, so there are lots of refugees, people who are leaving their homes, who have lost, left everything behind and have lost everything. Um, lots of people, houses aren't there anymore as well because they've been bombed. Um, so you could pray for the people who are fleeing, that they would be safe um, and that they would... Um, yeah, that they would be able to find uh, somewhere. Uh, Also in Ukraine, uh, lots of families have been separated because the men are not allowed to leave. Uh, They have to stay and fight. So there are families that are separated. Sometimes the mum and the dad have both stayed behind and the kids have just gone, uh, which is really hard. Can you imagine being the mum or the dad and having to say goodbye to your wife or kids or both um, and not knowing if you'll ever see them again? So pray for those separated families that they would, um, that God would be with them. There are also lots of people who are helping. Um, So that picture of the girl helping is actually giving soup to refugees. Um, So you could pray for the people who are helping, um, people um, who are struggling. And obviously we want to pray for the fighting to stop. So you could pray for the fighting to stop and pray for the leaders. We don't want to just pray for Ukraine, we want to pray for Russia as well. Um, I have just put the leader up there, but actually the people of Russia are suffering as well um, and a lot of people don't agree with what their leader is doing. Um, So pray that God would be in that and we just really encourage you to remember that God is big and he is mighty and he is um, sovereign over all of this and we are doing the most powerful thing that we can do. So we're going to spend a bit of time doing that. when you're done, um, what I thought we could do, as well as covering Ukraine and Russia... Uh, liter- uh, spiritually in our prayers we could literally come and stick our prayers onto our world map um, as a way of symbolizing that we are covering Ukraine and Russia in our prayers okay so I will give you a few minutes when everyone seems to be done then we can just close in a, a corporate prayer Just as we're finishing up, I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Lord God, that you are Lord of all. Thanks um, that we can trust you with that. And as Stephen said, that you were um, our first port of call. Thank you for these prayers. Would you hear them, Lord, in your precious name? Um, And we just um, long to see peace break out um, in this terrible situation. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Amen. they sort of going the wrong way, aren't they?